Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Henry here. On today's episode, we have local legend and absolute inspiration, just a bit of a good bugger, uh, Linda Cooltrip. I'm going to catch up with her before she shoots the gap back to the motherland for a wedding. Uh, she talks about some little health issues she had to deal with back in the day, um, visualising and also noticing who's not in the room. Interesting. Have a listen. Your real self is inside you. Your body gets old. Some of you go to look at the fridge, look on, you don't have no teeth. Your hair is leaving you. Your bodies get tired. But your soul and your spirit never die. Sweat as the podcast. All right. Uh, hey, make some noise. Make her feel welcome. Kia ora and Heidi my Linda Coulter. Hi, Henry. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Really good. good. I feel, I'm sorry if I smell a little bit. I've been... On the tools this morning, grafting. Yeah, yep, your hair's everywhere. It's a bit frazzled. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but nah, good to be here and uh, good to be having a wee yarn to you. Yep, same back. The, uh, you arrived in Queensland 11 years ago, 2008, great year. Yeah, brilliant year. Uh, you got a lot a younger. Oh, do you know A lot less wrinkles, a little bit cheeky. Beef cheeks. Yes. <laughs> From the photos that I've yeah. seen, you've got like up to eighty percent less cheek yeah. than, than when you arrived. I carry twenty five percent body fat in my cheeks. In your cheeks? Well, you did. Your cheeks. Can I just say, are looking pretty hot right now? <laughs> oh, you make me blush. But um, so you, yeah, you used to be, even though you sort of been in the fitness game for a while, you used to be quite chubby. Water uh, that... tension, yeah, alcohol. Alcohol, I think a lot of people hold alcohol in their face. So like even though, yeah, I was a size 12, so I guess I was a bit bigger, but um, I still always had, I was still quite toned, I guess, but my cheeks held everything and I had quite a nice big bum back Mm. then. The the photos that you see, you know, you see on Facebook that things pop up and it's like one year, no beer, and it's got the before and after shots. The people do look generally a bit nicer in the face yeah so you do, is it, it must be science that people actually hold a lot of drinking must be weight. must be have you seen fat gary yeah he's the same we have round faces and that's that's just i think i think everybody's different as to where they hold weight body fat etc but for me when i drank a lot i just seemed to hold it a lot more in my face i guess yeah I'm a bit round in the face. Maybe I need to pump the brakes on the beverages. <laughs> Big week last week. She come back a little bit more. cheeked. Yesterday morning when we were training, did it look like I was sort of struggling a little bit? It looked like you were gassed. <laughs> yeah. There's about eight days of intake that yeah. was, I think, trying to make its way out. <laughs> I smell it. Oh, actually. Oh, nah, nah. Yeah, it was slowly seeping out of my skin, but... Um, Shit. Yeah, beef cheeks. So beef cheeks in the general, that's sort of what you've come to be. Yeah, most people don't know about the beef cheeks. And if you selected people will see that, if they're much of a stalker that they go all the way through my photos on Facebook. But the general is definitely probably what I'm known for. The general, well, the manager here at Industrial Fitness, um, been in the PT game for a number of years, obviously the management game since 2015. Yeah. Here, yeah. What made you want to get rid of those beef cheeks? To be honest, I didn't know I had beef cheeks. So I can't say that it was like... I've never ever been that person that's looked in the mirror and thought, thought 
badly of myself, I guess. Like, I've always looked in the mirror and been like, oh, I wish this was different or that. But I guess I've always accepted who I am. So at the time, I didn't realise. So I guess that made me really lucky because of losing the beef cheeks kind of became a byproduct of enjoying boxing when I got into the boxing here. Right. So I didn't even... It's only now I look back when I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> that was me. That was beefy. Um, so I'd love to say that it was the fact that I realised that my social life maybe wasn't the best idea, but it probably wasn't. It was just the fact that I found something I love like I do in boxing. Well, the, I guess it's the, it's the norm here, though, is the social life. It's the way of life is where you work hard play hard yeah big emphasis on the playing hard yeah 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 for sure so it wasn't like obviously because you you've always sort of been in in relatively good health yeah so i guess it's not until sort of a few years later you can look back and say hang on i had beef cheeks yeah exactly pretty much when i was going through my photos and i was showing everyone at contender and i was like holy fuck yeah yeah uh you've also mentioned that you had a couple of health issues as well liver flaky skin yes flaky skin sounds so bad it does it. I was like, um, get some bloody hidden shoulders on, <laughs> yeah. onto, onto it your wasn't face. even on my head it was on my hands even worse um no when i was younger i was a big drinker so i'd say even the social life in queenstown's nothing on how i used to party but um i did work in spain you wouldn't believe it for six months which is a long time to work at a place called magaluf um if you've heard of it heard, heard of yeah it. it's it's trash. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fun. It's great a, for where it was in my life. But um, it sounds like Brit escape. The whole of Brit's head there. Yeah, yeah, get a yeah. bit weird. So it's a bit like Ibiza. Yeah. Similar. Um, yeah, there's a lot of drinking. So probably in six months, I remember, I think we worked out, I'd had 10 days that I didn't go out. And that didn't mean I didn't drink on those days. So when I came back to the UK, I had all these blisters on my hands and it was because of apparently my liver was struggling so I had to see a liver specialist. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a long time ago. Shit. So you, that was the only indication that you weren't a hundy? Is like a, some blisters on your, on your hand? Were you not feeling like a piece of shit? It was, no. No, because I was such a social drinker. So there's... I wasn't an alcoholic, don't get me wrong. Nowhere near, but... I did it for entertainment and just for confidence, I guess. I would drink a lot and I'd probably binge drink a lot back in the day. And so I guess I didn't understand a hangover. I was 19 years old. I didn't know what a hangover was now. I'm out for the whole year if I have one night and yeah. a few wines. Um, and then it literally was just that, the skin on my hands, like someone would brush past me and the skin would brush off. It was horrible. And I had to have bandages oh for some God. time. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess what it was combined with, if you think, I was drinking and sunbathing. But I was still, even when I lived in Spain, like fitness was still a big thing for me. But I guess like you can't out train a bad diet. Same kind of goes for alcohol. Mm. So. Um, it's, I feel like for me in the last kind of six or 12 months, I sort of realized how, how big a part of your lifestyle that drinking here is and sort of trying to consciously step back from that a little bit because it's that's yeah. it can be pretty sort of i don't know it can be kind of overwhelming and sort of almost take control and and it's hard to have a good time unless you're out of it yeah yeah so it's sort of it's going to break a few sort of habits there and yeah and, it's hard i guess like um 
for yourself, like when you did a boot camp, you've got to get up in the morning. I, I don't know if that helps and then you're surrounded by people that are kind of in the same boat as you. It's, it's often your social circle too. If all your good mates are out drinking every night, then you don't want to be the one sitting at home getting FOMO. So mm. I guess it's that environment too. It is, it's totally it. It's the social factor. It's like, oh shit, unless I'm going out and partying, I sort of don't yeah. know anyone to hang out with. Yeah. Or you got to sort of... We're 24-7 at this gym. Yeah. Plenty of people to hang out with. True that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Like, um, it's hard. I don't even know how I got out of coming away. Moving to Queenstown was a big move for me. It was a really good move. I think my parents at the time were grateful, thinking I would come back home. But my social life in the UK was very much around drinking. I think it is quite the culture there. Um, I could literally walk in a bar. None of my mates were going out, walk in a bar and have 10 people I know sitting there. And I was confident enough to just go and start drinking and partying with them. Yeah. Like I say, fitness has always been a big part and I've always been quite sensible to a degree. But that was just my social side of life that's all I knew until I came here and I realized the playground that Queenstown is so like I think that's what got me off of that horrible downward spiral of drinking was the fact that I wanted to get up in the morning and go up the mountain and be able to do the runs and not feel rubbish or yeah. and then like I said I found boxing in the boot camp and as you probably found the worst place you can be is getting punched in the face when you're feeling hungover yeah. and you're a little bit behind, yeah. Yeah, and you can't quite react yeah. how you want to. <laughs> yeah. Shit, because, um, yeah, I guess there's, there's plenty of healthy distractions in this beautiful part of the world that we live in, which sort of, I don't know, you get, your eyes open up if you manage to wake up before 8 or 9 a.m. Yeah. and uh, get to go out and bloody experience yeah. some of it. Although I did hear the other day there's a lady who's at the bar at Yonder who said it's warmer and cheaper to hang out there uh, and maybe have a beer or two than it is to sort of freeze her ass off at home. So <laughs> I think on the flip side of it is like, shit, you know, it's sort of where kind of pushes a few people indoors as well. But fuck, it's whatever you, know, it's whatever you make of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's nothing wrong being out and socialising. It's just everything in life's got to be balanced, I guess. Like, mm. you should be able to enjoy yourselves and not feel guilty about going out and having some drinks as well. Yeah. Um, it's just if it's every night, becomes a habit. That lady needs to know that she could be training in a gym as well that's 24-7. You know, there are other things you can do. Smash but a wee pint, come down yeah. and, um, you know, smash a few bloody bench press. Yeah, exactly. Here and there. Bicep curls, chin-ups. Yeah, that's uh -huh. that. I was, I was shocked to hear that you started hitting the gym at age 11. Yeah. Yeah. 11. 11. 11. Oh, I can't make sense of it. How did that happen? Um, so it started, I think I mentioned before, but it started with when I was at school, I'd get called skeleton and bony. And then I'd read somewhere that you can put on weight by going to the gym, obviously increase muscle mass, etc. And I'd heard this and I told my mum and... A lot, some people will have different opinions, but my mum was really supportive, so she used to drop me at the gym. She obviously got me signed up there initially, and I had a fitness assessment. Um, and then, yeah, I never used to think anything of it. I never used to think people were looking funny or anything so like that. Did you get weird looks or anything? Was it just Not, sort of the norm? Yeah, it felt like the norm. I mean, I was probably the youngest in there, but I never really, maybe having older sisters, I don't know, I never really felt in there out of place. Maybe no. it was just a good gym. It was a community gym like this. Um, it was, yeah, the people that 
I even were well, a trainer me at the time I ended up working for it was actually my first workplace in the fitness environment mm. later on but um it's the same here like we have um the children's classes sometimes and I just think it's so important getting kids in the adult environment having fun still and realizing that it doesn't have to be a chore yeah and I think that's when it came back on me was when I was older training was just something I did like going to work or studying and you didn't enjoy it as much was it? no or, I, I did I didn't, didn't find it hard whereas my friends found it really hard to right. make that time in their day for training because the, the kids that I see running around here I feel like they're not they're not here well obviously there's some that are here for the classes but there's others that come I think maybe because yeah. their parents are working out or something and they're sort of yeah. just like mucking around and sort of like having a good time yeah. but I feel like there's no like sort of fitness plan yeah, or they're not yeah, here yeah, yeah. which is great I guess because they do stay in that childlike kind of mentality which is what you want that's the dangerous thing I guess is putting someone so young in an adult environment maybe they grow up too quick um, do the wrong things like when I think back I don't really remember being coached as to what I should and shouldn't do in the gym. Um, I don't think kids should just be able to come in the gym and do whatever because they could probably do it really wrong. Yeah. Um, and I see that side of things. For me, for me, it was a um, good thing because of I think who I am today comes a lot from kind of not beating the bullies, but all of a sudden their opinions didn't mean so much to me. Yeah. And then they just stopped saying it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Would you say you're addicted to being active? I was thinking about this. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So I think um, even for myself, I've always been around fitness, but you go through those moments if you start giving yourself time off and then a little bit more time off and then, oh, I'll start next Monday. I've been that person. And it's not the funnest environment, but you do kind of get used to not training. But... I definitely think, yeah, I'm addicted to achieving yeah. more than anything else. And that's from the training. Yeah. So when you say achieving, is that um, what, sort of personal goals or yeah. what, what do you sort of Personal goals, fitness goals. So I've always been different. Like I love boxing so much. I did it for so long. But now I'm trying, like, trying to change my mentality a little bit. And you'll see me doing a lot more in the gym of what I'm uncomfortable doing. Right. So kind of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, so I've been trying like lots of handstands, toe to bars, can't do them, save my life. And then all of a sudden, when I do that one toe to bar, I'm buzzing for the whole week. I did a few the other day, just what, saying. What the hell wants to, excuse so me, you know, what's a toe like, to bar? Hold the bar in like a pull up position and then you bring in your toes up to the bar. So as if you're doing a pull up, you're holding the bar and then you've got to bring your toes yeah, so you're hanging on from the bar and then your toes are coming oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Almost like you're doing a backflip. Oh, yeah. Impressive. Yeah. But that's like, so that's how I've just kind of tried to change it a little bit. Like, I think I've boxed for so long that you start getting really perfectionist. You get really self critical and probably started to think, oh God, if people see me looking rubbish, then they're going to be like, oh, why do we rate Linda? She's not a very good boxer. Right. And I started to get all in my own head and have my own struggles with that. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to try stuff I know I'm not very good at at all and then get that progression. I think that's it's quite easy, obviously, to keep doing what you're comfortable with and to go through yeah. those motions and stuff. But then, as you mentioned, the happiness that comes from trying new stuff or yeah. solving other sort of problems yeah. can sort of, I don't know, be so sort of um, 
glorifying or can be you know yeah. such a satisfying sort of bloody feeling yeah definitely that's what i love about the contender camps like often if people are naturally good in the contender camp then i'm stoked for them and it excites me for what they could do in the future but the real excitement comes from the person that couldn't stand even watching boxing wouldn't dream of putting on the gloves and the next minute they're doing contact in the ring and it's and they're seeing it for the science rather than fighting yeah and just seeing them pull through and completing the camp and being proud of themselves that to me is just really satisfying so yeah so i suppose watching the progress there or sort of helping um bring this sort of personality out of or even the the ability out of these people is that obviously a a key drive force for how you do what you do Yeah. yeah 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 i love it i love watching people try get out of their comfort zone I love, yeah, I love, people make me proud when they push themselves. Yeah. Like, way more than... And you can tell when people aren't fully pushing Oh, I can tell when people are cheating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Only because you, you come into the gym, and I get it, like, ego can take over. Trust me, I've been there, but you come in for results, and I'm, I'm here to get you results. So I would rather you took... A whole day to complete a session and complete it than to lie and do five reps six reps everyone knows that about me everyone knows yeah. and i don't tell you that i've seen you cheating i just give you the eye yeah and you, you know. know when she knows yeah 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 she knows because at the end of the day you're only you're only bloody cheating yourself aren't you exactly you know? exactly another thing you hate uh <laughs> that i noticed was was where we, if someone was to talk back or you know disrespect <laughs> know the coach <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up I, yeah. I hate it like at the end of the day I'm there for your safety and like it's very easy in a controlled situation to not understand what I'm talking about and it's very I get it like if something's working for you then of course you're going to want to keep doing it it comes with that comfort factor. Exactly. You know, that's what you know. Exactly. So comfortable with it. And it's working. But what I know is if you've got yourself against you, it's a very dangerous thing that you're doing. And like, hey, I so guess... What, what do you, what do you, so what do you mean? You, so like if you're against someone exactly your size, exactly your range, exactly your kind of mentality, I don't know, it, you're just not necessarily going to get away with that. And then it's when it becomes dangerous. And like, it's fine if it's working in the situation you're in now, but you're not always going to be in that situation. Yeah. And then for me, if I see something that's really dangerous, then we're talking about contact here, like sparring. You're not always going to win the rounds of sparring to win the rounds of a fight. You know, sometimes you've got to try things. You've got to put yourself out of your comfort zone. You're probably going to feel like you're getting hit a lot more. Yeah. But that's because you're learning. And then when you get in that situation, you can deal with it. Does that? Yeah, well, it's constructive criticism is usually what the coach is yeah. giving you. Yeah. And there's a reason, I suppose, why you might be hearing it. So I guess yeah. to hear someone sort of yeah. come, back. come back at you, yeah. it must be kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like, I think from a boxing environment, you just don't talk back to a coach, even yeah. if you don't agree with it. Like, the form of the style of the sport 
you just don't talk back and then sometimes it might take a year or so and you realize oh that's why they told me that yeah. like i've seen it so much before and i'm sure even the people wouldn't mind me mentioning names i'm really close to them but i've seen people want to fight i want to fight that's what they're telling the coach i'm ready to fight they get quite angry over the fact that they need to have this fight and the coach is holding off holding off holding off and then when they go and have that fight and they smash it they're like oh thank god you made me wait for that fight because yeah. otherwise i would have maybe been that person that got smashed you know, like there's the coaches have been around for a while. They know what they're talking yeah, about. More often than not, they know a bit of. Yeah. So. And if they don't, you know, you take that with you and you take it to a coach that works better for you because that's the thing with boxing. There's so many styles. You're not always going to agree with the coach, but if you, you don't talk back to the coach, yeah. basically. No, no. I've seen it and that's enough to know not to, not to bloody yeah, talk yeah, back yeah, to yeah. Linda, yeah. the general trip. <laughs> <laughs> is it yeah. hard to sort of help people to th- think about what they're doing without think like it must be bloody hard to try and get the best out of everyone yeah how yeah. do you do that you have to like understand people so take away what you're trying to learn how do they learn mm. and sometimes it's trial and error sometimes it's saying the same thing 10 different ways and eventually it clicks. Sometimes it's nothing I will do whatsoever. And it's something that you would do when you're sparring them or you would do when you're talking to them. And then it'll click. Um, but I think as a trainer, you have to, you have to learn to learn people. Like you have to understand people and how they learn, what makes them buzz, what makes them sad, what makes them want to train harder. Because yeah. two people are never the same. So... My parents wasted a lot of money sending me to a private school, mm-hmm. and wasted. yeah, what? And I, because I didn't get very good results, and I feel like it's because the, the teaching methods or the learning methods that we're using didn't, I didn't fully get, or I didn't, I didn't care about, it didn't speak to me. It wasn't like, and it wasn't until after school I went and did like a little diploma and, and this broadcasting, and they're like, okay, we're gonna figure out what sort of learner you guys are, and then you can sort of tailor the course to. What I was like, what the fuck? Figure out what sort of learner I am. What, what do you mean? And so it turns out everyone can learn differently. And yeah. this bloody prestigious private school never never touched on that, which was real good for the geeks and maths who crushed it. But me, you just I had no idea. Yeah. So I guess that sort of applies to exactly a lot the of same. Some people are real visual learners. Some people hear you some people need you to describe it to something else that they relate to yeah some people need to someone needs an anecdote someone yeah. needs a bloody metaphor or yeah. yeah someone needs to be like military style trained which someone like me i don't know like it, everyone's so different some people you need to be more sensitive with um it's a complicated yeah. game isn't it it's a fun game yeah yeah so how do you, and so do you just sort of Try and gauge that as, um, yeah. I guess, as you as you meet someone and as you start working with them. Yeah. And it's patience. Being a trainer, you just got to be patient. And you've got to know you're not always right. And that's the same, like, even with Contender, I'm always going away thinking about what I've said. Like, I plan every session. I check every session against the last time as to what worked. I look at the individuals that are improving, maybe quicker than others, and asking myself why. I'm chatting with Callum and when Richie's doing it with him and working out... You know, is this right? Is this right for that person? Why is that person not picking it up, etc.? You've just got to always be open. Always be bloody self-critical. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's why you're one of the best, Linda. You know, <laughs> hey? No. You're only one of the best. Why? Yeah. Why we love you. 
Yeah, you're like the epitome of um, athleticism. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that because you're like, ah, I don't mean to laugh, but I think maybe because of what I'm going to ask. But do you have sort of do you, do you have like cheat days or like guilty pleasures where you're just like, oh, fuck it. I love the donut store in town. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love it. I have cheat day. I I've. I'm lucky I'm not too hard on myself. I see people in this environment all the time. They're so strict. They're so hard on themselves. Everything becomes a chore. They're pretty much putting themselves through torture. I've only ever once kind of been on a diet and I know I'm lucky for that. Like, everyone has their own issues. I have other issues, but for me... Everyone's got issues. Yeah, eating is not really... not an issue. No, but I do have a lot of problem with inflammation, so I tried the paleo. It worked really great for me for a while. And then, you know, I wanted, I wanted the eggs on toast. So I gave myself the eggs on toast. Um, you wanted that bloody donut. <laughs> yeah, I love that you wanted, donut. You I wanted the sprinkle. I for that bloody donut. <laughs> um, yeah. But when you're eating it, are you like, earned, I've earned this, this is amazing. Or are you, like, are you like, oh no, what have I done? No, I'm like, this tastes fantastic. <laughs> like there was, when I did the paleo, if I so cheated. trendy yeah i know if Whoa. i chewed it on the paleo i felt guilty i did but that's because i was doing it for health reasons so i get it like if you are on it i people some people need to try these things just to help them whether it's mentally physically whether it's losing weight whether it's gaining weight like there's a purpose and i think that's when you feel guilty but when it becomes an obsession that's when it's a little bit worrying like mm. If you have a day off, where are you going to get beat, beating yourself up for having that day off? That day is gone. Put that focus into the next day to train harder. And that day is imperative for muscles to get restored or your body yeah. to rest. Or, like, fine, yeah. there's nothing wrong with a day off. It should be yeah. enforced. Exactly. At least one day, if not two days. A week. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's mentally and physically. It's like... Yeah. Mobile phones to the side, you know, everything. Donuts, front and centre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depending on your goals, like there's always, there are, there are people, you know, you should be strict if you've got a goal because of that one rest day can relate to another rest day and then before you know it, I'll start next week and the week after. But if you're going to have a goal, be serious about that goal, make it realistic, chat to someone that's going to help you with that goal um, rather than just freeballing it. Mm. you know have a timeline goals are key Sir Michael Hill jeweler says you want a 30 year goal I was like fuck settle down Michael (laughs) it's pretty extreme but apparently it's a thing look where he is (laughs) look where he is now he reckons 30 year goal uh, he reckons meditation yeah and um, heaps of bitches heaps of bitches (laughs) nah mate he didn't say the last one what was the third one (laughs) Uh, I'm sure heaps of bitches is probably in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely up there. Um, I think you should have a vision and your goals of how you reach that vision. So your goals are adaptable mm-hmm. depending on where you're at. And what are you sort of like positively visualising? Or like, because if you, I know if you do that, it can help manifest, yeah. you know, results yeah, if you can visualise it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, it's crazy how that works, huh? Yeah, it's, it's fun. Law of attraction. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so true. Everything I think that's happened is through that law of attraction. Yeah, that's, a, that's some Joe Rogan shit right there, right? Yeah. I like Joe Rogan. 
Um, how was your trip to Melbourne? Amazing. Uh, newly crowned Lululemon ambassador and what, just yes. had all the ambassadors party in Melbourne? Pretty much. Party? Sorry. Party. Uh, maybe. Yeah, no, there was partying. Those guys are amazing. Um, Kombucha party? It was... <laughs> What was Educational it? party. Okay. <laughs> little drink catcher no. workshop. Yeah, it was it was insane. It was the most inspiring thing I've ever done surrounded by inspiring people. I've I just think like that law of attraction, I don't know, I think I've had four four years that have been a bit tough and I think for myself and I just think it all feels like it's coming back. You know, and like I just think Lululemon asking me to be an ambassador has lit a fire in my belly and I'm just really excited. I'm excited to be here now. And that trip away was just like cleared my head, reset, and made me realize that what I'm teaching you guys, I need to be doing for myself too. Right. Yeah. Just a big bunch of reassurance really. That yeah. All the hard work's paid off and, yeah. and as you said, sort of helps sort of yeah. identify what you know but yeah, yeah you got to give yourself a bit of love as well exactly and like I walked in there and one of the best things was I was my members you know I walked in there and I was so intimidated 200 people 200 beautiful people oh, is that how many ambassadors they've got that's um I don't know if that's how many ambassadors they've got but that's how many people were there well, yeah right and um basically yeah everyone's so stunning and and then you start hearing their stories and you're like, oh my God, I'm just this little girl that trains out for gym in Queenstown. Uh, Linda, you had but, flaky skin once. But, so you're going to give me a that, huh? Flaky skin, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds yuck. <laughs> I won't mention that again. Um, you best not. I just need a glove here. Or maybe bare knuckle. Yeah, we're not training now. You see Linda. the size of this diamond. Can I tell you this is a big one? Where is it? Oh, there. Oh! <laughs> I don't need any trouble. I'd work, Calum. You're lucky that contender camp's finished. Mm. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying. Um, but yeah, I was my members. Like, my members, they come in here and they're so intimidated and they're in this environment and I'm trying to make them feel, or we, the team here, is trying to make them feel welcome and comfortable. Um, that was me and that was Lululemon. Like, they did a really good job of making you feel comfy when you're uncomfy, you know, I, I definitely was not the general there, no. but I was just so inspired and just sat back and took it all in. And I feel like now I can bring it to the members because I don't know if you see that, um, the dancing last night for the warm up. Saw that pop up on the book face, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Zero Fucks Tuesday. So oh. it's a lady called Kat John, she's incredible. And um, that's what she does. Have you read the book, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck? No, I need to read it. It's an amazing read. Yeah. yeah. It, essentially, it tells you, like, because everyone's got to give a fuck at some point. Yeah. But you just got to pick and choose which fucks to give. Yeah. That is the art. Exactly. I like that. That's, oh, it's a great read. Because there's a new book from that, isn't it? Is there? Oh, I don't, I, I I don't know. I feel like I've heard of, I feel like they were talking about it and it's called, like, We're Fucked or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah, back then, aren't we? Do you greet other ambassadors? Like, do you give them a wee nod and you're like, ambassador? <laughs> or is that purely like an international kind of like delegate thing? It's is really it, funny. I feel like it's becoming a thing. Like, I feel like there's a few ambassadors now in Queenstown for different different places, different things. But yeah, 
I don't know, I haven't done it before, but I will I'll start giving them the nod. Yeah. Yeah. Ambassador. Yeah. You're as cool as me. <laughs> cheeky, <laughs> cheeky little grin. Are you an ambassador? For me? Yeah. No. Oh, shame. I was a man-bassador. A man-bassador? Well, I was sort of, yeah, but no, I didn't, didn't quite hit ambassador status. Uh-huh. You'll get there. You'll get there. Maybe I will, Linda. You will. Maybe I will. I believe in you. I saw you were reaching out for like a sign language interpreter or something oh, recently. Did you see that? Yeah. What was all that about? So, um, I've always, I know the alphabet. Um, I learned that when I was younger from basically my godmother's grandparents were deaf. But um, going away for this Lululemon made me reset my goals a little bit and there was this thing about um, noticing who's not in the room and one thing I noticed out of all our members there's no one really that oh, can I stop you there noticing yeah. who's not in the room yeah Deep. yeah I know and it just stuck with me it was yeah. cool it was really good and um, it's true like you look at our gym it's so multicultural coming from Queenstown but there's always someone missing and then it's about like not going out to their community you know, and keeping them separate. It's about bringing them into yours and then making them feel comfy in your environment and mingling with everyone else because they're people, like everyone's the same. Like, just because, I don't know, if you're deaf doesn't mean that you can't be in my box fit classes. Mm, exactly. So, you, yeah. you, you yell loud enough. Yeah. Even they were well, probably out of here. So now you get into it. So the real reasons I'm doing sign language is because I'm losing my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Here it is. Yeah. So I'm going to so. have to be like teaching that way. Good luck with the sign language when you got your gloves on. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. That's yeah. Uh, oh, so you want to learn sign? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a girl in town that I get to know a little bit better once I get back from my leave. But um, in the meantime, I've just downloaded this app, which is called, I'll put it up now, it's called NZSL, which a lot of people were recommending in the brilliant Queenstown as they do. And I've just been trying to learn one word a day. Oh, yeah. cool. Amazing to get to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better today, Linda. Thank you. So, you you're about to bloody shoot the gap, Yeah. 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 What's, Over the uh, other side. Getting married in 17 days. Give that wee rock yeah. on your finger a little friend. Wee rock, you be careful though, it's a huge rock. Do you know yeah. much about diamonds? Nothing. That's a big one. Is it? Yeah. That's it's shimmery says. and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so back to the motherland, tie the knot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a honeymoon? <laughs> We're not just yet. Too much money on that rock. Yeah, that's it. Too much money, too much responsibility. We'll come back and then hopefully next year we'll go somewhere for a nice little break. Yeah, yeah. cool. So how, your, how long are you back home for? Four weeks. Oh, that'll be bloody lovely. Yeah, it'll be real nice. So the first two weeks we'll be busy setting up, real excited for the wedding. We've even got a little cheeky little dance that no one knows about over there. And then um, a couple of weeks catch up with the family and then head back. Nice. Yeah. Maybe swing by Megaloof. Yeah, no. <laughs> Those days are well and truly behind me. That girl is gone. <laughs> oh, God, that's where we used Have to you... do shots before yeah, we were I used to be a shot girl. That's all I used to do. For real? Yeah. Not yeah. like most of the shot girls, though. I didn't do that whole put it on your tits scenario. I would race the people at drinking it. 
That's oh, wow. So it's your promo sort of shot girl. Yeah. So, and so what, you're working at the bar and you're just... Drinking. Yeah, yeah, drinking. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Mm. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, pretty gross. Hey, well, all the best out there. Um, thanks again for coming Thank into you. the Sweet Hairs and cheers for helping me sort of beat me into shape the last six weeks. Yeah, you did pretty wow. good. I was really impressed. Yeah. yeah. I was really yeah. impressed. You got the whole KO by pineapple like me. What's that? With your hair on top of your head, like swinging around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the odd jab or whatever yeah. that sort yeah. of accentuates every sort of <laughs> yeah. every impact. No, you did good. It's all that head movement. It's yeah. good. Oh. You should be proud of yourself, Henry. Oh, thanks, yeah. Linda. Yeah, no, yeah. Really, it's good to sort of feel what I guess everyone else gets to feel when yeah. you punish them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and learn it, like, learn what's involved. Yeah. That's good. Smashed it. Smash those stairs. Oh, you smell like a building site. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. No, thank you. Cheers.